Hello and welcome to today's County Road Bobblers podcast. Um, the next episode of the uh, the old Goodison soap drama continues. As always, we've decided this season to come into Brookside because it just seems really applicable at the moment. Uh, before we get into things, it's only right to say um, our thoughts go out to, to the family of Walter Smith. Um, you know, obviously, ex Everton manager. Uh, everyone that speaks about Walter says um, he was a man of honour, a family man, and most people, you know, pretty much every single person I've heard sp- speak today has has spoke how much they they loved Walter Smith. So, thought to go go out to to, to Walter's family um, and may he rest in peace as well. Um, it's myself today, which um, and Barry Williams from the uh, from the Bobblers. And we're joined by two fantastic guests that I'm sure not, they don't need any major introductions because you'll all know, uh, certainly from online and Twitter. Um, but Friends of Bobblers both making a second appearance. First is the, the premium podcast extraordinaire, expert host, which I've got no chance of matching. Uh, you'll know him from the Blue Heart podcast and also Everton Business Matters. Uh, Roger Armstrong, welcome to you. Thanks very much, Dave, and completely echo uh, what you said about Walter Smith. He was a fine man. Lots of people had lots of kind things to say about him. So thoughts with his friends and his family, and and thanks for everything he did for our club. Definitely, put Roger. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, and our, our our second uh, guest today is the the post match talking lyrics fitting George Living Astro Nick Palmer. Um, and I can't say things quite like you, but you know that's my attempt. Uh, I can't even say things like I normally do. Uh, I've been confounded these last few weeks, and uh, I have to admit I was about 20 or 30 uh, takes in on that match reaction from uh, from from Saturday's debacle. But I just want to echo what Roger said. You know, Walter Smith's time at Everton uh, was definitely before I was chosen to be a blue, but uh, I've heard nothing but good things about the quality of his character and 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 the and the work that he did put in for Everton. So uh, you know, my 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 sympathies and and condolences go out to his family and uh yeah, just appreciate what he did for us. So great words straight away uh, from you know an, an excellent man um and an ex Everton manager. Um so we're just gonna move into the podcast. Um and and we'll we'll start um I mean, where do we start? At times, this is the hard question. Sometimes these are easier when you when you're winning games, but you know, I think that some of us expected this to get to where it has been, but it seemed like really another unnecessary defeat. Um, and to me, uh, there was a bit of a, a lack of character the other day, uh, Roger. Um, seeing as you've been longer since you've been back on the pod, um, over to you. What 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 what's been happening and what's happened? Is this something new? Did you expect it? Um, crikey, where do you start? And, 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 and that's a kind of, it's a common theme with Everton, isn't it? It's a common theme with Everton for, for quite a while. Um, we've got off to a fairly decent start in terms of points accumulated and matches won. My fear this season was simple, that we didn't really have a defence worthy of the name and we weren't able to keep clean sheets. And whilst I think there's a lot of positives to take from some of those early performances and victories, particularly the victory away at Brighton, and the draws at Leeds and at the performance at Manchester United, um, our inability to keep clean sheets at home and our complete lack of defensive organisation and coordination, I felt might come back to bite us soon. We'd had a fairly easy start playing Norwich and Burnley and, you know, teams we'd be expected 
to beat Southampton. Little old Watford come to town, who's just shipped five to uh, the Reds last week with clueless Claudio Ranieri at the helm. So what could possibly go wrong? We're 2-1 up. Uh, Richarlison's been brought off the bench to get the winner. We're 2-1 up, 15 minutes to go, um, even less. And we decide to bring Alex Iwobi on. Um, and um, the next thing you know, we've lost the game 4-1. Uh, we've conceded four more goals and lost the game 5-2. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a capitulation as bad as that in such a short space of time. I was reminded of the 5-2 defeat by Arsenal, um, which ended up being Ronald Koeman's last game in charge. I have to admit, I left that at 4-1. Um, the final score ended up 5-2. I was also reminded of a 5-2 battering we took at Anfield, which was Marco Silva's last game in charge. Um, and, and I really don't think I've seen defending that bad in a very, very long time. This from a manager who we were told was brought in as a safe pair of hands would make us hard to beat, would set us up nice and tight and compact and be good at game management. It was an absolutely disastrous performance, um, but symptomatic of ills that run much, much deeper than one bad day at the office. Fantastic, Roger. Um, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And we're going to get into the off the pitch stuff very shortly as well, because like you say, sometimes, you know, it, it can be a culture um, and we'll discuss culture We'll discuss leadership as, as we move through the podcast as themes. Um, and uh, I can see uh, Barry, and I'm going to come to you very shortly, Astro. Barry, um, as Roger said, it was a bit of a, a time to fold. I know that you, Roger mentions about the uh, couple of bad results we've had in the past. I know yours is um, concede free um, and, and you tend to leave the ground then as well. Um, so is set pieces a big issue for us? Is this, you know, is this something we could have expected um, knowing um, past ills? I know we are doing the old zonal marking. It's something we done last season. How, how do we solve this? Is You know, it, it can it be solved? Firstly, I just want to echo everything Rogers just said there because I could not have put that better myself. That, that, that perfectly summed up. Shakti, um, in terms of the zonal marking, it's gone back to very Martinez. Uh, every time we get a corner against us or a free kick in a dangerous position, we look like we're going to concede. And I think the second goal on Saturday for Watford, uh, the other, was one of the worst that I've seen defensively off a set piece in, in God knows how long. Um, he strolls in from the edge of the box and, and just, just adds it in. It's absolutely awful. Uh, I don't know what managers need to do. Uh, we've played, we've had three managers now who tried to do zonal marking and it just doesn't work. What you know? What what are they what are they what are they doing on the training field? Um, surely when when we were all growing up playing footy, it was man to man. I first noticed it when we played Man U pre-season. Uh, Harry Maguire scored and marking Harry Maguire was Luca Dean. Luca Dean's about five foot six. Harry Maguire's six foot. Put put it together, and what are you going to get? And he's and I think I said it to Roger. Um, he's too stubborn to change it, and I'm telling you now, he's too stubborn, and that's going to be his downfall at Everton. It's exactly the same as Martinez, I'm, and I'm sticking on that hill. Yeah, no, look, Barry, you're a man that that, that makes his minds up, and you, you know you stand by what you say. So you know, every respect for that. Um, Nick, um, 
I'm always told between calling you Nick or your online persona, which is Astro. We'll call you Astro just so people don't get lost. Um, we talked about character. Do we have the characters on the pitch? You're a man that that, that has been, you know, within the military in, in, in the US. You know, you're, you're a man that understands leadership and character. Do we actually have that on the pitch? Do we have, a, you know, do we have anyone? Do we have enough of them? Uh, what's your interpretation of that front? Well, the problem is, is that, you know, you don't have it on the field and you don't have it in the boardroom. You don't have anybody stepping up to answer the hard questions. Um, you know, um, I have seen a lot of different types of leadership in both my personal and my professional life. And, and I honestly have to say that what you see at the top will always trickle down. Um, it's emulated by middle level management and, um, yeah, and, and it's we're seeing it filter through to the pitch. Everybody's happy when things are going well, i.e., we're ahead, okay, or we're, we don't have any injuries or we're not facing any adversity. And just how the board never steps up to answer the hard questions, just how the board always seems to hide in a Bramley Moore-sized shadow anytime anything bad comes up, okay, these players don't know how to answer getting punched in the mouth or kicked into tender parts. And, and, and that is a big, big problem because, you know, there's a lot of parity in the premier league. You know, there are a lot of players who can hurt you. All right. And, and, and I don't know what it is about Everton, but we seem to just invite disaster. When I saw that, that when I saw that post come out that Watford had never won at Goodison, I go, Oh God, why did somebody post that? And then when I'm like Josh King, he's playing for Bournemouth and I, or for or, or for Watford, I was like, "Oh God!" I knew he would score. I didn't know he was going to hang a hat trick on us. But I, to be fair, like, like I can take losing because that's a part of life. L- t- failure is a great teacher. What I can't take is making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And, and Barry made an excellent point. It started with Harry Maguire in the preseason match at Old Trafford. Um, we're making the same mistakes over and over again when it comes to defending set pieces. And uh, mm, it, it just absolutely does my head, and I can't, I can't stand quitting. I can't stand quitting. And they quit on Saturday. And I, I, a week ago, you know, I, I was begging the, the, the supporters um, to, to make more noise. And you, you have to understand, I, I'm coming from – a sports background in the United States and, and it's different. It's just different. Um, and I get that you can't stand up. It's not allowed. Um, and, and, and I get that it's different. Right. But like after Richarlison scored, the, the stadium erupted that, that, that Terra Dome ruckus was, was clear right in my ears. And then, and then I get up to go make a cup of coffee and I come back and it all goes to, it just goes to pot. I, I've just, I, we folded, like a like a busted ass lawn chair, I mean, and it just that's 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 not the Everton that I fell in love with. The, the, the Everton that I fell in love with would kick your ass and take your lunch money if you were Man City back in the day. And look, you know, I'm smiling at times because I can't help it. Uh, Astro, when you when you get when you get talking and, and you, you relate to your things, but it's not funny, is it? You know, it's it genuinely. I, I'm I'm 37 years of age. And and the the last time that I remember, vaguely remember when anything was when it was ten, it you know I'm paying me money every week, um you know every season to turn up 
Um, I, I, you know, the elements of what you said about the atmosphere there. I was there at the weekends. I, I, I was one of them. You know, I, I think after the time, uh, Mitch um, and Cooper, who sit next to me, ends up getting launched like a couple of rows down. But when they give us something to, to, to you know, to, to get into, to, to actually give, you know, make us proud, we, we you know, the, the Goodison Park reacts. That might be a tattle, you know, where a player shows the demeanour, you know, the old dogs of war, but, and you know, obviously Roger can elaborate that, you know, likes a piece of reed back in the day. But we're not seeing enough of that. We're not seeing enough character. We're not seeing any character at times. And I mean, Roger, you, you're you're a, a man that's seen some of the glory years, um, you know, and I can only envy yourself. What's this like in comparison to what you're used to and what you grew up with? Well, very sadly, what I'm used to is the same as what you're used to. I mean, I've had um, I've had three sons and, and they're all in their 20s and, and not one of them has seen Everton win anything. Um, you know, the closest we've come um, was uh, 2009 in, 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 in their lifetime. So what I'm used to is this um, absolute, complete barrage of mediocrity and lack of responsibility, um, which has beset the club almost since, I don't know, 89, 1990. Since the Premier League era, we can sit around all day talking about Iwobi and talking about Michael Keane and talking about zonal marking, this manager, that manager. The plain fact of the matter is, there's only one person I think, we can, and we can talk about the board, we can talk about Bill, we can talk about Marcel, we can talk about Denise. There's only one person to be accountable for this, and that's the guy who owns the club. I mean, to me, it starts and ends with Farhad Mashiri, who has kind of played fantasy football manager for a while. Um, he thought that all he needed to do was throw a few dollar bills at a wall and he'd turn us into a competitive team because we had history and we didn't want to be a museum. Um, you know, people will be sick and tired of hearing this on other podcasts that I've done with, you know, people like Blainsey and, and the Ask and others. But you know, when he came in in 2016, he should have had a clear out top to bottom of the club. It's what happens when a new regime comes in. It's what happened at Manchester City. It's what happened at Chelsea. It's what, it's what will happen at Newcastle United. Um, and instead, he didn't. And he persisted with this absolutely nonsensical people's, people's club nonsense. Um, he did not develop a ruthless winning mentality. He's meddled in transfers. He's bought so many players that we don't need. He's had, listened to the wrong people. He's made some appalling managerial appointments. Sam Allardyce, Marco Silva. Um, you know, these are not good appointments. And I'm with um, Barry. We'll talk about this. We'll come to this. Nothing personal against Mr. Benitez. I thought he was the wrong appointment. Nothing to do with his Liverpool roots. He's just an outdated coach who hasn't done, won anything in recent times. And he's not the man to turn our fortunes around. I'm absolutely convinced of that. But... You know, to think now, over five years ago when Mashiri arrived with his millions, you know, 500 million pounds down the drain, which was the best season? The best season, I'll tell you, was the first season under Koeman. We got 61 points. We finished seventh and we got into Europe. Right? That was a good first step. And since then, we've got 49 points, 54 points, 49 points and 59 points. And we've finished eighth, eighth, twelfth and tenth. That's absolute garbage. In the 10 seasons before Mashiri came, our average league position was seventh and our average points was 58 and a half. And in the five years since he's been here, average points 54, average position nine. It's total and utter failure. And no one can put a positive, a more positive spin on, on it. it. I'm sorry, 
It's an absolute disaster. And it doesn't matter really whether Benita stays or goes until there's proper cultural change within the organization at the top that sets a tone. I saw players performing really, really poorly in adversity. And, and, and that's not how any team wins consistently in a league, you know, in a league competition. You'll face adversity. You might get a few easy draws and find yourself in a cup semi-final. You know, we've managed in these five years to get to three quarterfinals. We've lost every single one. Um, and I would remind you that in the final season that Roberto was with us, we got to two semi-finals, and we were a missed penalty away from an FA Cup final, and a dodgy refereeing decision away from a League Cup final. You know, and coming back to defending, just going full loop. Not even the team under Martinez defended as badly as we did in the last 20 minutes against Watford. Spot on. Some, some truth. Some truths there. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's it might not be comfortable for some people, um, but you need to hear these things. Um, you know, we're sometimes a podcast that likes to to, to, to have a, a positive angle. I am Mr. Positive. I look at times, you know, this weekend's um, the last couple of years, you know, I've been, even as the, the most positive person on earth, been struggling to find them. Um, you know, it, 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 we, we do get lost in hope. Um, and, and as Roger said, you know, it's the facts are there. Um, culture is hard to change. Uh, if the same people are there, we've changed directors of football, we've changed managers, and that then makes you look elsewhere and think, well, who haven't we changed? Who hasn't changed? And then you can only start looking upwards. Um, and, and there's certain people that haven't changed at the club for some time. I believe that, um, you know, we can't be in this permanent state of groundhog day. Um, you know, I can't just every year just be expected to just turn up, pay me money and, and we just, just exist because that's what it feels like at times. Um, <clears throat> Marcel Brands was allegedly approached at the weekends and, and spoken to. And his answer was, uh, let's wait for the stadium. As was, that in that before he said, was that before he said that Joshua King wasn't good enough for Premier League football? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I come, mean, come on. Brands, Brands, has, Brands has a bucket load of questions to answer because he's been a consistent one for three and a half years now in my book. Um, I'm not a great advocate of the director of football. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I believe if you stick with a manager, that manager should have overall control of, of, of footballing matters. But, you know, Brands hasn't even got a grip of the academy. Is that his fault or is it because of the jobs for the boys mentality that persists under Kenwright with Unsworth and every other former Evertonian getting a job? Um, but, but, you know, Brands, I mean, Dave, you and I have talked about Brands over the years, but right now, He's had so many more misses than hits. I mean, he can't find a right back. He's had two and a half or three years to find a right back. And the best he could do was Jibril Sadibi. Yeah? We've still got Mr. John Wilson. Joe Kenny on the books. I mean, come on, this is absurd. Moise Keane, we get him from we get him from Juventus. Great kid, loads of potential. We'll look after him, he tells he tells his mum. We didn't look after him. We didn't help him integrate at all. You know? And instead we've got we've got Salomon Rondon playing up top. Why has Niels and Kunku gone out on loan? You know, why did we sign Bernard? Okay, why did Mashiri sign Iwobi? There are so many of these misses. We're now looking at Luca Dini and thinking, is this the same guy we signed? You know, is this why he didn't last at Barcelona? But Brands has got so many questions to answer for me. And, and, and frankly, I, giving him an extension is, is, is just absurd because nothing's changed. The academy's not producing quality. The under-23s last night were playing. There's still nobody really making a difference there, screaming out for a... For, for a place on, on the bench. And even when they get on the bench, 
they don't go on the pitch. You know, Rondon has played 90 minutes in the last four games. It's, you know, somebody somewhere is taking the piss. And, and um, you know, apologies for the language, but Brands, to me, is the second most accountable person at the football club behind Mashiri. Roger, you're on uh, a bobblecast here, and anything goes on the bobblecast, um, including the bad language, because there's been plenty of uh, plenty of effing and jeffing over over the years, and that will always continue because we talk like blues in a pub, um, and, and exactly what you'd expect to hear on County Road. Um, I think you've you know you've raised some really good challenges. In fact, the last time you were on the podcast, I think it was myself, you, and Andy. Um, El Pavote and we, we spoke about brands I think that was the last topic that we spoke about so it's quite apt that, that you, you know that, that this time later that you, you, you've come back and, and, and answered some of them questions there was an athletic article um, that, that talked about decision making at the club and I think it said how complicated it can be at Everton because even to get an answer on a player or a transfer sometimes you've got to go through three people Um Astro, over to yourself. Um, is that a model that works? You know, have we got too many layers? Um, does that, you know, as Roger said there, is that, you know, should someone actually be taking accountability or does someone just shine away in, in the background? There's a complete and utter lack of accountability at the club um, because nobody knows who's in charge of what. And if you have to talk to three different people to get one thing done, chances are you ain't getting shit done. Um you know, it's like I said, you know, I, I, in one of my many um, deleted reactions to Saturday, Marcel Brands must be in charge of two things, Jack and shit, and Jack left town. So I'm going to leave you with what's left, okay? Um, you know, it. You, I, I always, my brain thinks in, in, in a way that, that relates to my job, and I think about what's called an error chain. OK, um, when you have a mishap, which is what the state of Everton Football Club is at the moment, it's a bloody mishap. OK, you always start working your way backwards because you want to follow each causal event so that you can learn from that and not do it again. OK, and that's what we're failing to do because we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. It's a revolving door of managers. It's a consistently subpar standard of player. And, and it's a general lack of direction. And it's get to Bramley Moore, get to Bramley Moore. Well, what are you going to get there with? Because you call yourself the people's club, yet you're, I don't know, you're serving them hot beer and crap pies. And you don't have anything uh, to, to, for the kids at the matches. I keep hearing people say that as well. And, and, and you know what? Uh, you're going to rent some for more money to watch worse football? Hell, if I'm trying to make money, that's not a very like, successful business model. And, and, and it's, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, the lack of leadership from the top all the way down really has started to scare the hell out of me. And I know that like Benitez isn't everybody's first choice, but he's the guy we've got right now. And he's showed more spine in answering the hard questions, such as, you know, for 500 million pounds spent, there sure is a lack of quality evident in the club. Uh, we have people that keep getting re-injured. What, what's our rehabilitative staff's like status? I, I don't know. I just, when I start thinking about it, I keep coming up with more and more questions and I keep running it down. And the only thing that I can come back to is 
just like Roger said, there if, if there's an abject failure of leadership in an organization and a review is conducted, the first thing that happens is senior leadership is gone. Mid-level management is going to be reshuffled and there's going to be a review conducted. Okay, what is this office's like, like, what are we expecting them to do? What's their job? We're going to conduct a peer review. We're going to look at what your performance was over the last year. We either find out you've done your job well and you get to stay there or we're going to move you somewhere else or we're going to move you out the door. Like these are the standards by which all of us operate in our day-to-day jobs. Yet for some reason, that metric gets suspended at Everton. And if your bill's mate or somebody's lied, you don't have to worry about accountability because it seems to be a complete and utter lack of consequences when you walk into that stadium. And it pisses me off because this is not what I expected when I fell in love with Everton Football Club. And I can say this with complete and utter conviction. You can love something, but that doesn't mean you're always going to fucking like it. And right now, the state of this football club makes me fucking crazier than a sack of wet cats and it drives me up the wall. Sorry. That, that, that was, that's been building since Saturday and it had to come out. <laughs> Astro, welcome to Everton Football Club. Roger, um, any reflections from yourself? Well, look, I mean, he's, he keeps knocking it out of the park because um, fundamentally I was thinking about this on Sunday morning and um, it strikes me that Everton Football Club are the only Premier League club and I think you might even be able to include the majority of the championship clubs, the only Premier League club without a plan. Because I, we could go through now very quickly the 20 clubs in the Premier League. Norwich, they come up, they're going to go down, they'll take the parachute payment, thank you very much. Crystal Palace are trying to rebuild under Vieira, they've got young kids coming through the academy, it's all, it's all rosy for them at the moment, you know? Watford, revolving door a manager, but it kind of works. And if they go down, then, you know, they'll come bouncing back up again. We have absolutely no plan. Let's not even think we're competing with the top six or the top eight. We're not competing with Leicester. We're not competing with West Ham. We're barely competing with Aston Villa. You know, we have no plan. And if there is no plan, it doesn't matter which manager you appoint. It doesn't even matter which players you pick or what formation you pick or whether you're going to do zonal marking. Because if there's no plan, there's no togetherness, there's no shared goals, there's no shared objectives, there's no shared values, and that's what makes the team. We ain't got a team. We ain't got a team on the pitch. We ain't got a team off the pitch. Simple. Fantastic. You know, we rarely get into the crux of this, and, and you know, I think it's really important what you're saying. Um, and, look, I've been on a fans' forum meeting, um, and I've asked that question, are we going to see a plan? I would like to see a plan. I've spoken about this on Toppy TV. Spoke about this on the Toppy Blues. Um, that I would like to see Everton come out and, and, and set clear direction. Um, and, and the answer at the moment is that that will be done on the annual general meeting. Um, well, it may be, uh, and that will then be translated to the fans. Look, I want to hear. I personally want to hear, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of many fans because I spoke to Baz on Toffee TV, for example, the other day, and he was saying the same. I want to know where we're going. I want to have an idea because if you don't have a mission statement, if you don't have a plan, like you, like Roger's just you know perfectly articulated, where are we going? What what do we expect? Are we just supposed to be keep ploughing our money into an endless pit of, of despair and frustration? Barry, um, over to yourself. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Any reflections on that? And second of all, a lot of these players have been here under various different managers. 
Is anyone getting an easy time? You know, are, are they hiding by, behind the fact that a manager disappears every 18 months? Uh, firstly, uh, no, I agree with what both uh, Astro and Roger have said. Um, the club talked about mistakes. Uh, I, I don't personally agree that it's all Machiri myself. I think most of the blame goes on Ken Wright because, you know, he, he, he has just dismissed the positive Everton. Um, and it doesn't work. You know, jobs yeah, but, for the but, but Farhad can get rid of him at a, at a, at a, at a moment's notice. He, he owns 90% of the club. He can say, thank no, you very I, much, I, your I, life, I, President. I do agree with that, uh, Roger. But, you know, Bill's probably giving them all the sweet talk, which I, I do think most of the blame is like is on Machiri because he's just wasted money. But until Ken writes out of the club, I don't think nothing will change at all. Because he is simply, you know, apparently he was in the boys' pen. Uh, my my granddad, when he was alive, he, he said he never seen Ken Wright in the boys' pen in his life. Um, you know, no one's seen Ken Wright in the boys' pen. He got, he go like he, when when the ground moved to Kirby fell through. He said, "Oh, uh, the Goodison Fire Safety Certificate's going to run out soon." That was in two thousand and seven. Uh, we're now in twenty twenty one, and it hasn't run out. So. You know, he's just trying to please himself. You know, he's give David Lundsworth, who's done absolutely nothing, a job. And what, he's won an FA Cup, big wow. Ferguson, big wow, won the FA Cup. All he does is put the cones out, doesn't do nothing. You know, prime example, you give a contract to uh, Jose Baxter. For, for, what, for what? What's the point? So, yeah, go, go, and, go and do a bit with the charity. Go on, go and get your go and get your name out there. It absolutely stinks, mate, and it's it's pathetic. Um, we're just a comedy club. That's all we are. You know, haven't you scored in six months? Go on, go and score against us. Uh, not one away in a year. Go ahead, yeah. Go, you can have a, you can have a win at Goodison. Go on, and then the, the whole club just it stinks. It's it's pathetic. Um, and then on to your second point of is anyone getting an easy ride? Uh. I, did, I thought at first they were, but I think the fans are onto it now. That the players just aren't good enough. You know, you've got you've got thirty-five million pounds, Alex Wobie on the right hand side, who I think has contributed two goals and three assists in three years. Now I might have fucking I've done more. And I've only played one game of footy. And I don't get paid hundred grand a week. You've got Fabian Delph, who does nothing. You know, we've got us, us, us four here. We've got, we've probably got more minutes on the pitch at Goodison than he has. You know, I've I've played two 90 minute games on there, so I'm, I'm probably ahead of him. Um, he's got a sub goalie, Begovic. It's a fucking pointless sign. He's probably sitting there on about 30, 40 grand a week. Pointless. You know, as Roger said, the best right back, Marcel Brands, has come up with is fucking Sadibi. And Sadibi, you telling me there's not a better one out there? He's, he's not got a replacement left back. We still haven't got a replacement for Lukaku, and we're, and we're six years on, four, 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 five years on. Sorry, we still have not got a thirty goal season striker, and I don't buy it with Calvert Lewin. Of all the buys he's done, I'd say he's got Richarlison right, and that's not his buy. Neither is Abdullah Dekore. They're the only two that I've got right, and I don't think it, 
he's bought any of them. He certainly never bought the Charles, and that was Michael Silver. I'll give uh, him Yerry Mina. That's the only one I'm giving him. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And Yerry Mina. Yerry Mina, he's got right, and that's only because the two centre-halves we had before him were 36 and 35. So we needed a centre-back. So that's the only reason he's got that right. You know, he wanted to sign Clement Leng- Longley or Langley or whatever his name is, who's a Barca. He's played six games in three years and he wants to spunk 32 million quid on him. You know, that's he's just got pot lucky with Yerry Mina for me. Can uh, I just put a question to you, Baz and Dave, as, as you know, season ticket holders match going home, uh, Evertonians. When are we going to see a sack the board banner or is that cop-eyed behaviour? Um... Because I remember being at Watford, Watford away, when the boys had the Martinez out banner. Um, yeah. I was stood next to them when they unfurled it about I 10 minutes before myself. kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a one-all draw that day, as I recall. But um, yeah, sat, uh, Martinez out, and, and that was that was the end of him. Um, when are we going to see? When are we going to see the fans revolt? Like um, perhaps it's well over to you, or is that cop eye behaviour? Are we all too nice and too soft? I don't think. It is cop eye behaviour. I think it's fully, it's full undeserved. When's you know, it going to happen? I, th- I think we've got Tot- we've got Tottenham and Oden next. Yeah. I think if if we get a taste off Liverpool, I think it happens then. Do you? And and that'll Tottenham, be Tottenham, Arsenal, and Liverpool. That's the order, isn't it? Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, then Leicester are the home games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is. I think because if we get a taste them by Liverpool. You know, with especially with the manager in charge at the minute, then that's it. The, the, the board have lost the, the fans after that. I think. Well, we I'm going very shortly. I'm going to go into questions, but just because we're on that very topic, there was a question asked uh, from Barry. Actually, ironically, um, and, 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 and I'm seeing as you, you're on the kind of topic now. Uh, Barry said, uh, "Do we need to be more realistic as a fan base?" We haven't won anything since 1995. Take away the 80s, lots more years, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and we've got really loyal fans, so is it just because we expect more? I, I don't think it is. You know, I think we need to do better. Um, I don't think it's acceptable, the way things have been. And, uh, uh, and Barry, at uh, what, what point, you know, you've been to Kenya away, you've been to, I don't think, how many years has it been since you missed a home and away? Uh, at what point is your breaking point? You know, again, I've got a season ticket and I've done for years. But you're someone that goes to Switzerland, Kenya, all over the place. What's your breaking point? My breaking point's gone. I just go for a piss up. Um, but to answer that question, my response is: What's the club motto? So, what's the club motto? No status, initially optimum. Nothing but the best is good enough. Are we the, are we good enough? No. So, no. I I don't care that we've got a nice fan base. Not there to be a nice fan base. I'm there. I'm there to see my team win things, and if that means handing people out who shouldn't be in jobs, then that then so be it. Good for you, Baz. Good for you. I mean, it's it's got to be said more. You know, I think you know Astro puts it really right that you know you can love something. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything they do. It doesn't mean you have to defend the indefensible. It doesn't mean that um, you know. I have to say, uh, I'm one of Ken Wright's biggest critics, but there's no way he's ever appointed Sam Allardyce as manager. Let's be, no. let's be absolutely clear about that. He did not appoint Sam Allardyce. Uh, and and um, I think, you know, to, 
bizarrely, whilst we're saying that Mashiri should have um, swept clean with a new broom upon arrival, to an extent, Bill may well have restrained him from even greater madness. Who knows? The world of the unknown, mate, isn't it? But you agree with me that you agree with me completely that Allardyce was not Ken Wright's appointment. Yeah, yeah. Because it would have been Moyes if it was Ken Wright. Absolutely. And it should have been Moyes again. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that I was calling off that myself. It should have been it should have been Moyes after Silver. And I said that. That, that yep. I stopped that. Yeah. Because when when uh, Ancelotti was linked, I looked at his. I looked at his thing, and he doesn't stay at a club more than three years, and we are a three-year club. So, well, ironically, the the Italian snake obviously has moved on now. Um, look, I think that there's some interesting points being raised there. You know, I think that David Moyes was probably the last consistent manager that we've had. Um, continuity sometimes is really important and we haven't had that under Mashiri it seems to be you know the, the Emperor's new clothes every time someone settles in they, they disappear again um, Nick Astro um, should Benitez be given time um, and, and, and you know should we, we were talking before about uh, it's just like the first sign of madness isn't it you know repeating the same thing and just expecting different results. Well, it's the um, definition of insanity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and you know, this is where we're at. You know, the last time we did it was with David Moyes. Um, but should should we actually stick with Benitez or not for you? Just before you, know you answer that, just before you answer that, Nick, let me just remind everyone. 06, 07 under Moyes, we finished 7. 07, 08, we finished 5th. 08, 09, we finished 5th. 09, 10, we finished 8th. 10-11, we finished 7th. 11-12, we finished 7th. 12-13, we finished 6th, right? So we're never outside the top 8 for 7 seasons under David Moyes. I, you know, I I wanted Moyes. With absolutely no money to spend. Oh, but yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we were searching in the couch cushions for the Arteta money. I mean, you know, it, it's it's... It's a situation where, like, I, I wasn't very vocal uh, on 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 social media around the time that Carlo was um, appointed. It and like it, it's it's so like easy for me to say I I, did, I never was comfortable with him, um, but I wasn't, and I always felt like he was going to take us for a ride. And I, I did enjoy some bits because you, you get swept up in it. But when he left, I wasn't surprised. Um, and and uh, I really feel like we missed an opportunity to bring Moyes back then. Um, but where we are right now, like you look at the schedule that we have coming up before, you know, the end of the year. And, you know, like w- part of what has gotten us into the situation that we're in is that we're, like I said, it's a revolving door on the, on the manager's office at, at Finch Farm. Right, right now, uh, I have to say, Two well-worn cliches. First one is better the devil you know than the one you don't. Um, I think that we are going to find ourselves up against it. Um, I've tried to be very positive, um, but sometimes I'm going to have to just be a realist and say that uh, we got to dance with the date that brought us. And we've got Benitez right now. Um, and we're going to have to back him 
and and those players because we don't have a choice. I mean, at this point, we don't have a choice because Roger, what would you recommend? Because another managerial change at this point, at this juncture, I mean, it's 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 such a risk to take, and 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 what's waiting for us on the other end if we do? Look, it's a good question, but um, I, I quoted some games before, you know, the Arsenal game, the 5-2, and the Liverpool defeat Silva. Those two managers, Koeman and Silva, unraveled um, after about 18 months, after about a season and a half. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, with Benitez, who was always on relatively thin ice, some people were completely unaccepting of him for whatever reason. But now that we've done this merry-go-round trip, this roller coaster ride with three, four different managers now, this will unravel more quickly, in my opinion, because um, whilst I agree that the club needs stability um, and, and just changing the manager will change nothing unless the culture changes, if we ship four to Tottenham, lose to Arsenal and half a dozen to the Reds. Um, his position, well, I, personally, I, I think his position will be untenable by then and there'll be 35,000 people telling him it and there will be no way back. I mean, there were murmurings even from loyal pressmen that people in the main stand were making uh, unpleasant remarks to the chairman and, uh, and the chief executive in the director's box. Um, and, you know, this will unravel um, at Goodison before our very eyes. And if we have the kind of performance that we saw against Watford once or twice more, I can't see Benitez being able to ride out the storm. And he's a wily character. And that's why, in my opinion, him and indeed Brands with a carefully ghosted article in The Athletic, which Dave referred to earlier, are starting to get their excuses in early. I, I, I can't argue with your logic. I, I can't argue with your logic. And the reason why I say that we have to, you know, kind of dig our heels in and back him is because I've, like, I agree with what you're saying. I just don't see what is on the other side of it. Like, if I saw an option B, if I had an idea of what to do, I mean, I, I, w- I would totally throw it out there and I would I would be on board with what you're saying because, you know, if, if the manager – loses the players and and the supporters like you said this thing's going to unravel in front of our very eyes and it's going to do it faster than it has before because of who they hired okay and because of what we all went through this summer okay so i ask myself what is the other what's what's plan b um what's what plan b we need to decide what kind of manager we want right because we need to decide what kind of football we're going to play are we going to be a possession team? Are we going to be a counter-attacking team? Are we going to give you fair head? Are we going to actually be happy with mid-table developing players over a three, four, five-year cycle? Because we ain't got money to spend because we're building Bramley more and, and actually try and go from there. I don't know what the plan is with Benitez. I didn't know what the plan was with Marco Silva. I didn't really know what the plan was with Ancelotti. Um, and I haven't, as I said earlier, I haven't known what the plan is under Mishiri at any point in time. But I think if, um, you know, if this were to unravel, then... You, you've got to decide. Mashiri has to decide. Maybe taking Brand's counsel. Maybe even keeping Ken Wright around. Who knows? But they've got to decide what kind of football club they want. And if they want a football club that is loved by everyone because we're lovely and polite and that's our culture, that culture is displayed on the pitch. 
okay? Because we don't fight. That's what we've said on two or three different occasions. Barry's quoted examples, and you have as well. In adversity, we don't compete. We need some mean-ass players who are prepared to stick up and fight and get sent off and be in the referee's ear and actually take pride in their personal performance and their collective performance. We don't have any players that do that. We don't have leadership on the pitch because we don't have leadership off it. So if it does unravel with Benitez, then there's real decisions that have to be made, what type of football club we want, and that will lead to hiring the right coach. That coach might be Graham Potter. That's just a name that I throw out there. It might be Graham Potter. It might be Frank Lampard. It might be goodness knows who. It's never going to be Duncan Ferguson. Let's be clear. It's never going to be a former Evertonian. But you decide what club you want and you find the manager that fits the bill. And you have a director of football, if needs be, alongside him to help develop. And you have somebody running the academy that will produce the kind of players. It's no fluke that Liverpool and Chelsea and Manchester City, the three best teams in English football right now, have the three best academies. Producing Alexander Arnold and, and, and Mason Mounts and Reese James and Phil Foden till the cows come home. Because they know what kind of football club they are. They attract the best talent and they develop it. We just attract yesterday's men. And, and that's, you know, there isn't a plan in the world that includes Ancelotti, Marco Silva, Sam Allardyce and Rafa Benitez. It just doesn't exist. I, I, I can't, I can't, like I said, I can't argue with your logic at all. Um, and and, and I, I agree that the problems that you're bringing up are, are real and they are responsible for the situation that we find us in. Um, but my question, and I keep kind of coming back to this, is, you know, let's just say that it all – I don't want to, like, tempt fate or anything, but let's just say worst-case scenario occurs and it all goes pear-shaped, okay, and we're looking for uh, somebody else as a manager by January. And ask I'm yourself – What's that? Then I'm going to go on the aisle because I want to go and on the aisle. I'll be with you, Absolutely. Um, so, so my question is this, if you, let's say that you're a manager out there and looking at Everton from the outside in, I mean, is there enough money to get you to take up that challenge? Because I mean, I'm telling you right now, we're going to look like a dumpster fire, like, you know, like to anybody from the outside. I think you sell the club. Um, I think it's, it's about how we sell the club. And this has been the problem since day one. It's something we've talked about on business matters. And it's why we haven't got the sponsorship deals in place, why we haven't got the partners in place, because we don't have a vision. We don't have anything to sell that attracts partners, that makes partners want to be alongside us. It's not just about success on the pitch. That is important. A hundred percent, that is important. But if we don't have a vision that we can sell to Scott Parker, Graham, Graham Potter, whoever, whatever name you want, that's going to get them to come because they can see... Of course, Everton is a team full of potential and a club full of potential. Of course it is. And you do not need money to compete effectively in the Premier League. You don't. You know, you really don't. You can do it if you, if you buy and sell smartly. Look at Leicester City. Yeah, look at what West Ham are doing. You know, it's perfectly possible to exist on a more modest budget than the hundreds of millions that have been thrown away by this club. But until... You can sell that identity, that new Everton, that modern-day 21st-century Everton about to head into state-of-the-art iconic stadium, then, you know, you're just whistling in the wind because it will be a revolving door, and it'll be whichever is the next managerial taxi off the rank. 
And we've got to make a sensible choice and one that fits the profile of the club. And there is no club whose profile is fitted in order by Marco Silva, Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez. There's no club. Barry, you were saying just a moment ago. You Sorry, were, guys, yeah. That's no, okay. No worries. No, Roger, you, like I said, I can't argue with you because you're spot on. <laughs> No, Baz, you were saying something a second ago. Yes, no, it just it was what it was what Roger was saying. Um, that, that there is no one like we've not we've not got an identity. We haven't got a plan. Yeah. We we don't. There's nothing to say. Like as Roger said, like you know, West Ham have got a plan. Villa seems have a plan. Villa saw Grealish in the summer, and everyone knew within three days what they wanted to do. You know what they want to do with that money, whereas we're just left guessing who's going to be the next manager. Um, the manager himself uh, should never have got the job. Um, purely for the, not even as Roger said to do with his Liverpool connections, he's an outdated manager who has been relegated within the last ten years with Newcastle, who had one of the biggest budgets in the Premier League at the time. All right, he got them back up, but I think anyone would get them back up with the budget they had. He went to China. He done nothing, um, and he couldn't. And he couldn't hack it at Newcastle. And he's got no honeymoon period now. Um, if we get spanked on Monday, if we get if we get beat by Tottenham and then Arsenal and then ultimately get beat by Liverpool, there's a Man City away in the middle of that as well. I do think he'll be gone by Christmas. And that that's not me being because he's because he's at Liverpool. That's just me thinking that he's not up for this job, and he's only talking to be closer to his family, which fair which fair play I would, but it he, he's not the right fit for Everton. When you've shipped when you've shipped five goals at home and four of them in the last fifteen minutes to the second worst team in the division, and you've pre so far in the season you've played no one at home, you have to look seriously about. Relegation. I'm sorry, but you have to look at it because oh, sense. you know I, I don't I don't see we so we've played Norwich, we played Watford, and we played Southampton, and we played Burnley at home. Yeah, um, yep. crikey! So there are no easy home games left now. Can I just um, so um, sorry from now until Christmas Day, I've tipped us to get four points. What's that leave us on? Is it what twenty one? Does that? Oh no, are we on fourteen? No, we're that on fourteen, aren't we? Yeah, we'll be fourteen. Yeah. I think yeah. we'll be on seventeen come Boxing Day, and that to me is relegation fodder. Right, Rele- relegation battle fodder. I'm not, I'm not we move so- on to some other questions, Dave. Otherwise, this will be coming. This will be turning I'm, into a wait. I'm not going to totally tilt the positive. Um, look. I believe uh, Rafa will be a man that will actually challenge people. He's known for, at times, overstepping his mark, um, maybe questioning chairman, maybe questioning people that, that, that are there at the club already. Um, look, I think I remember being this in this conversation with Barry in November uh, last year, and we talked about the fact that, that uh, Luca Dean was out, Godfrey was playing left-back, Alan had limped out at Leicester, and we found a way. That's not right. Everton should be better than that, but actually it was our best run of results. Um, so we've discussed already that, look, I, d- I don't think 
that that we are where we need to be. I, I don't think we're going to be relegation fodder. Um, I'm not going to go to the extra degree, but I think that this season for me is a season we need to get through. It's a season that 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 actually, um, well, to be honest, we, we, we seem to be fighting fires. We've been delivering training today about cultural change, about oper- operational excellence, and we talk about moving like 60% of your time fighting fires and 40% of your time just doing your day-to-day tasks and changing that round to actually leading. And, the, you know, the firefighting becomes 20%. And that's what I've been talking to, to a lot of people today about. Uh, I don't think they're there. <laughs> Ironically, maybe, maybe they want to come on my training sessions and we'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, I don't think Everton anywhere near there. But at the same time, look, um, we're a, a long way off. We're a long way off. Um, I'm not going to ask you this question, Roger, because I think you've answered it already. Uh, but uh, Anfa from uh, said, uh, is Roger a Mr Benitez or a Rafa Blue? I think <laughs> I think for sure he's definitely not calling him Rafa, are you? He's he's <laughs> the manager. He's the manager. Sometimes I use his his uh, his family name. Uh, he's the manager uh, at that's the moment. Exactly what I call him. He's the manager. It sounds slightly inappropriate now, but Astro, tea drinker, this is the fan question segment, says, uh, what type of beers would you like Benitez to sport at the end of the season? That sounds terrible at, the ta- at this time after we've just been through what we've been talking. We just want to be in a position where actually we're doing well. But right, if Benitez has a beard, where, where would he be? Is it, is it CZ Top or does he keep his little short beard? Ah, uh, I <laughs> go ZZ top. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, off, off a little bit of topic. Like I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I am very concerned, but yet I don't take away the the chance that the players will um will bond and that 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 somebody will. I don't know, a voice will emerge and that, that they, that they can maybe get through it. But, you know, this is just not, this is not what anybody wants. Yeah. It's not, and we talked about the, the, you know, the satisfaction I have to them. You know, it's quite ironic that that's our badge. And I know, I'm no me and you have, have spoke Astro in the week about this. Um, sometimes contradictory a bit, isn't it? Should we have that on our, on our badge at the moment? Are we displaying? Well, it's funny. It's like I keep asking, what's the standard? What's the standard? Well, the standard is on the shirt. And if that's not going to be lived up to, throw it away. I mean, I, I, I'm going to honestly tell you, I had a, you know, one of the organizations I was in called itself the world's greatest airlift squadron. And after a run of um, some mishaps and some, some miscues, uh, the commander made everybody stand in formation outside and he walked out to the squadron sign and he took some some gaffer tape and he painted over that. Or he just covered that whole portion of the sign, said, that ain't you. You're not doing your jobs the way you're supposed to earn it back. And here's what you got to do to earn it back. And, and, and six months later, we didn't just meet what his requests were, or what his expectation was. We blew it out of the damn water. And we had a whole new sign put up, you know, and, and, and I don't know it, it, if you're not going to live up to it, take it off the shirt. 
Don't you waste know, don't waste people's time. It's false advertising. Sometimes you're very close to something, aren't you? You, you know, we're we're all so emotionally invested in, in in our in our football club, and we always will be. But if this were if this were any other club in the Premier League who had appointed the manager we appointed, and just shipped five at home to Watford, we would be absolutely ripping it out of them, you know. And if we watched any other football club, maybe Newcastle will follow our trail in the next five six years throw away the amount of money we've thrown away and gone backwards, we would be laughing at them, you know? So sometimes if you can step back, go up to the top of the mountain or whatever phrase you want to use, just try to look at Everton dispassionately. Just look at the numbers, look at the stats, look at the performances, in terms of points gained, matches won, goals scored, achievements, where you've got to in cup competitions, which is why we exist to win trophies. I think you have to say that we are, Nowhere near where we should be. Spot on. There's no one can argue that. I'd like to, if someone can, then let's get on a podcast and let's talk about it. Because um, Rogers just hit it nail on. Um, so <clears throat> I think the, the last question I'm going to ask, and it sounds, you know, I want to answer all the questions that people have asked. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Barry on this, uh, and then we'll make a close. Um, but you mentioned stubbornness before, um, and Lee Mack from from View from Bullen said, "Will Rafa's stubbornness over Rondon, um, if he starts him, be a mistake? And might that might be his undoing?" Um, yeah, there, there's your yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 100%. I mean, that's his first big mistake signing him, and his second big mistake is playing him for 90 minutes, four games in a row. Nah. Yep. There we go. I think, I think that's uh, plain, dry and simple. There's no there's no point in panning out. And we listen, anyone has listened to, to Roger's podcasts, everyone knows Roger is a man of great musical taste. Um, and it might have been a cold heart podcast for people to listen to, but sometimes that's needed. But at the same time, Everton Business Matters uh, at the blue half, um, all the music is spot on. And I'm going to come to you, Roger, to, to end the, the podcast with a song of your choice. Uh, uh, what are we going for? Well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and, and lovely to, to chat to Big Barry. And, uh, and Nick Astro, um, it's great. It's better. It's therapy talking with blues, but, um, you know, times are tough. Um, a lot of, a lot of um, songs came into my head about the current madness that we're under. Um, but I've tried to, a uh, little bit of tongue-in-cheek, pick something that does represent some elements of progression. I've gone with one of my favourite artists, David Bowie. This is from 1980. The album is called Scary Monsters and Super Creeps in brackets. The song is Up the Hill Backwards. So there we go. Up the Hill Backwards. Thank you for listening. I'm, I'm sure we'll catch you soon. <laughs>